chapter 12. That's our lead scripture right there. We see how the Lord is speaking regarding this tremendous vision of the rapture of the dead. And we can continue because we're going to read the entire battery and then open it up for you and give instruction that you may go help the church in your respective jurisdictions. So he's saying here, Daniel chapter 12, again, we're starting from the beginning. He said, verse 1, he says, At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. And that's very powerful because it will be a time of distress unbelievable. But now to have such a blessed hope to know that God has a plan for his people. That there is a divine intervention. That when all wickedness will come out. In other words, he's saying there will be a lot of anti-Semitism. There will be a lot of anti-Semitic activity. It's a kind of a racism of his own kind where they will turn against the Jews like you see already now. You can see every city in the U.S. that are demonstrating, carrying Palestinian flags in Europe and everywhere. And they're saying, no, we need safe corridor to who? But they're not talking about the safe corridor, the 250. The terrorists are the ones who went and killed people. Now it has been flipped all around, right? Yeah, so now you feel as if Israel has to feel guilty or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the feeling, my son. Yeah, unbelievable. Hmm? There will be a lot of anti-Semitism at that time. The, the enemy will turn against Israel because he knows Israel are chosen by the Lord. So the enemy will turn against them even more, as you see already developing all over the world. And he's saying that uh, when that happens, Michael, the great prince, will rise up against the devil. And he will win. He will defend Israel from all form of wickedness and evil from the devil, right? The devil will try to do that try to finish up God's people, finish, and then Michael rise up and fight. Hallelujah. I have seen my involvement in a lot of that activity with the title deeds, land, what, but the Lord uses us to demonstrate everything. A lot of involvement telling them which way to go and so forth. Already we are involved in some way, as you know, those who are close, right? And so, he says, Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. Meaning the worst of all the worst, put all of the above, Hitler, Al-Shabaab, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram, who dictators, Idi Amin, whoever, put them together, all of the above, the slaughters. He said, not even comparable. He said, it will happen. So you rather prepare as a church. You rather make up your mind where you want to be. Because it will happen. That's what he's saying. And then he goes on to say, a time of distress has, has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. So he's saying, there will be a revival of Israel, deliverance of Israel, that Israel will come to Jesus and their names will be in the book of life and then the Lord will launch a divine intervention to protect them. Remember, whether 
you are Jewish or Gentile, if you are not born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so these are they that will have accepted Christ. And remember that time, two-thirds, if you read Zechariah chapter 13, 7 to 9, two-thirds will be slaughtered. Very serious time indeed. You can see right now, they have only a small piece of land, which is theirs. God gave them. It's even bigger than that though. If you look at the land when the Messiah comes, in fact, when I read, you'll understand better. When the Messiah comes, he, when he now decides to build his temple, the land will be bigger than the area that you see being contested here. That land is bona fide land for Israelites. They are the bona fide owners of that land. Given by the Lord. He says, written in the book of life would be delivered. And then he says, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, and others to shame and everlasting contempt. He's saying there are two resurrections there. That in the end days, in the end days, at that time, in the end time, in the end days, there will be two resurrections. One resurrection takes place at rapture. And he says, that is the resurrection of those entering the kingdom of glory. He calls it the first resurrection. But I know that there may be another first resurrection shared somewhere, if you read the Revelation chapter 20, right? But for now, we are talking about the rapture. And he's saying that Daniel sees the two resurrection as ha resurrections as happening at once. However, when now it is near, then the Lord shows me the first one, the first resurrection, those resurrected for rapture, to enter everlasting life, the kingdom of glory. Hallelujah. And he says that these ones resurrected, when you look at the difference between the two resurrections, you have to take the seven years of tribulation and the millennium. Hallelujah. The second resurrection, those being resurrected for damnation, that means they are... Okay, can we read Revelation chapter 20, right? Are we together? And then we'll come back to Daniel. What a rich scripture, blessed people. Are we really going to finish? We will at one point, right? And there is so much... This is not the content that I'm supposed to cover for... This is not all. This is less than a quarter what I'm supposed to cover for today. So tomorrow we can give way to glorification. But we thank God we are here, Right? Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15, he says the following. He says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, meaning it will not matter whether you are a billionaire or you are an American, or a Kenyan, or Australian, which passport you hold, those things will not matter. Status will not matter. He says, small and great, all of them will stand. That day will come. And he's saying, then I saw, and I saw the dead, great and small, stand 
before the throne and books were opened. There you go. They have resurrected to stand there. So that is now your second resurrection which the Lord deters you from. Say, don't be involved in that one. Make sure you are part of the first resurrection. Hallelujah. So if you look at the first resurrection at rapture and I think somewhere also towards, towards the end yeah, yeah. During the great tribulation, there's a resurrection. I read Revelation chapter 7 verse 9, right? When they are resurrected to be in glory with the Lord at the throne. And then they come with him. Let's just read through because I need to finish this for you. Open it up for you, right? Then he says the following. Again, Daniel chapter 12. He says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. He's saying there are only two destinations. There is the kingdom of God and there is the lake of fire. And the Lord is asking you to make your decision, make your choice now. This is when that choice is being determined now, now, now. People are determining where they want to spend eternity. And then he says, uh, those those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. That's very powerful. But you, Daniel, roll up the seal and the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. So he gives a prophecy. He gives a prophecy there that in the end time, you close this, but in the end time, Many people will want to know about prophecy. Churches, Christians, just general people, they say, why is that in the news? What is that? But you can see that happening right now. Even right now, the radio, at our radio station, if you look at the globe, is flooded. Totally flooded daily. People are seeking information. They want to know, what does this mean? I'm seeing this war, and I'm seeing now from Ukraine is coming to this other one. I saw COVID. What are, the healing service in Rio de Janeiro? What does this other one mean? What the, people are now seeking information. He's saying there will be a lot of need for ministry. That's why this ministry is here. Prophecy. Hallelujah. That people will start seeking. To know much about prophecy. But these days you can see they are. Even the heathen would want to know. Have you asked the men of God? What are they saying about Israel? They keep asking our office team. But even much more importantly. You see now there's also an explosion of. All this kind of. A lot of information everywhere. People can travel and all that right. And then he says, so, so this is very key. We have seen how people, we say two destinations. Either you go to heaven or you go to hell. And we've seen very clearly how you walk your way by the help of the Holy Spirit and end up in the kingdom of God in heaven. And the Lord simply took the testimony, the testament of the Hebrew boys. Very vulnerable. No relatives in a strange land. These people they are playing around with, refusing their instruction, have just butchered hundreds of people 
hundreds of thousands of people and burnt the temple in Jerusalem. They could kill you. But they said, no. They will fear no man, but fear the Lord alone. How about the second destination? A real destination. In other words, he's saying that God judges sin. That God will judge sin. That's why you are the second destination that is called the lake of fire. God judges sin and God will judge sin. That is what he's talking about there. That he will judge sin. That's why now I will need help for somebody to read for me. I think I'm a bit getting exhausted. If you can try now with your microphone and read the book of Genesis chapter 3, 17 to 19. Read it. You always stand up and just read it. They give you space. All of them give you space. They move their chairs away. They come and sit out. And they give you room. Or it is, yeah, you, they come, one of them comes and sits out to give you room. So you read. The best would be for you to go up there and read it on the top of the counter. Hallelujah. Pole, 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 pole. Don't plow through people. So once you're on the other side of the counter, then you put the Bible on the counter. Where Macharia is, Mambia Tokyo. Remove our chairs. She has left you chairs there for what now when you are standing? So Genesis chapter 3. And you need to be closer to the pillar. There. Genesis chapter 3, 17 and 19. The Bible says, the book of Genesis 3, 17 to 19. To Adam he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you are taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Very serious. He's saying, when he showed me those that are going up into glory, and then in the same scripture that describes that event of rapture, there are those that will be resurrected to go down, to go into the, down into the lake of fire. He says, that means, he's saying that God judges sin. God judges sin. He has judged sin before. He will judge sin again. And he says, key to that is the fact that Adam and Eve sinned. And God judged sin. So that judgment has continued. Hallelujah. Very powerful. That that is the testament. That is the message he's giving. That God judges sin. And he will judge sin. He has judged it before. He will judge it again. Tremendous vision of God, blessed people. The rapture of the dead. And Genesis chapter 6. Just read and then we'll end up with 7 verse 16. Chapter 6 from verse 1. Just read like this. I'll tell you when to stop. 
when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. The Lord said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever for their motto, their days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward. When the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was, was wicked evil. and evil all the time. And then he judged them. So now the floods came. So, when he said some will be resurrected to go into the lake of fire, into eternal shame and everlasting contempt, into the lake of fire, he was simply saying that God judges sin. He has judged sin before. He will judge sin again. Hallelujah. He judged during the days of Adam and Eve when they fell, and he judged also in the days of Noah, when that generation fell. That's why he saw me doing poo, poo, like that. And then, First Samuel chapter 11, verse 2. Hallelujah. What a mighty, mighty discipleship. It is now picking up now. Very serious now. Very powerful right now. Now you are going back home charged. You are saying, I'm ready to preach it now. And prepare our people. And rebuke the sin. And prepare them, line them up for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. This is it. Read the book of First Samuel chapter 11 verse 2. But Nahash the Ammonite replied, I will make a treaty with you only on the condition that I gouge out the right eye of every one of you and so bring disgrace on all Israel. That is serious. Smitten by, they, they, they made them blind, actually. They gouged out their eyes, right? Jeremiah 39, 7. Step by step. Now somebody's reading for me so we can move a little faster. Then he put out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with bronze shackles to judgment take him, to take him to Babylon. And then in 2 Kings 25 verse 7, that's judgment of blindness. I just started to pick blindness and put together. Judgment of God. God judges sin. You are going back to Amsterdam. You are going to stand in the center of Amsterdam and you are going to announce with a megaphone that God judges sin. Repent, Netherlands. The Messiah is coming. Time is over. God will judge sin if you don't repent. Once you do that, you are very reward in heaven. Whether they agree or not, but you have your reward. Can you read very fast? Second Kings 25 verse 7. They killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes. They, then they put out his eyes bound him with bronze shackles and took him to Babylon. Genesis 19, 24, 25. God judges sin. Genesis 19, 24, 25. God judges sin. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. 
very serious. He judged sin when Adam and Eve fell. Then he judged sin at the Tower of Babel. Then he judged sin in the days of Noah. Then he judged sin again. Hallelujah. He judged sin in Sodom and Gomorrah. He judged sin when Adam and Eve fell, right? Then he judged sin in the days of Noah, right? Then he judged sin at the Tower of Babel. Hallelujah. Then he judged Sodom and Gomorrah for sin, right? So, that is the testimony the Lord was giving in that vision when he said, Some will be resurrected to go into eternal damnation, into eternal lake of fire, eternal punishment. We are going to see that now, that you may understand the gravity of that vision and what the Lord is saying. Hallelujah. Very powerful. So, Banza, you have water, right? You're okay, right? Oh, very good, very good. If you need water, they'll give it to you. Very, very mighty right now. And he says, Isaiah 34, verse 9. The Bible says, Isaiah 34, verse 9. Adam's streams will be turned into pitch, her dust into burning sulfur, her land will become blazing pitch. And Isaiah 66, verse 24. God will judge sin. He judged sin before. He has judged sin before. He will do it again. The Bible says, And they will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. The worms that eat them will not die. The fire that burns them will not be quenched. And they will be loathsome to all mankind. You can imagine trillions of worms that are eternal. Why are they eternal? Because the glory of God that you have offended is eternal glory. You are a finite person. You have offended the infinite. The, the, you are finite. You have offended the infinite. So there is no way you can pay. So you just have to pay eternally. So therefore, hell is eternal. It's not a rehabilitation center. It's not a short time place where there's, oh, he has improved. Can we remove him? So when you look at this generation, the way they are behaving, you'd think that hell is a short time. You'd think that hell is a rehabilitation center whereby after a short while they'll be removed from there. That is amazing. It is your role to now go to your nations and tell them that, look guys, hell is eternal. And whatsoever enters there never comes out. Let us be careful the way we carry on with our lives on this earth. Because God is going to hold us to accountability. He's going to hold us accountable. That is what he meant by saying, some resurrected for eternal life, others are resurrected for damnation. For the lake of fire. Serious message on the rapture of the dead. Never been put in this way before. Again he's saying, the book of Leviticus 10, 1 and 2. Right there. God judges sin. He's judged sin before. He will do it again. And that's why he has sent me to the nations before it happens to you. We are discussing it here before it happens to you. That's why Yvonne Oge is sitting here before it happens to her. She's here. She just wants to go into glory. Hallelujah. Can you read Leviticus chapter 10, 1 and 2? Nadab and Abihu, 
took their censers, put fire in them, and added incense. And they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed, consumed them. God judges sin. And God has judged sin before. He will do it again. That is the message the Lord is speaking in this vision here of the rapture of the dead. That some will be resurrected for eternal life, others resurrected for punishment eternal, eternal destruction, eternal death, the judgment of God. And when Jesus was crucified, he was tortured. He was tormented and abused and tortured. Why? Because God judges sin. God judged sin on the cross. And the Lord is saying, either you accept the judgment of sin that he laid on Jesus on the cross, or you yourself in the lake of fire will pay with your body. Oh, how painful it will be that day when you are inside the lake of fire and you are remembering now some of your friends who used to dress holy who are not with you down there. Some of your friends who were, they were pastors, but they were not porous. They simply walked straight. When you looked at them, you didn't understand why is he so collected, so restricted, so restrained, so quiet. Now you understood the secret of the holiness and righteousness they live when you're down there. You will know that they are celebrating in heaven. And they say, hey, nani akukuja? So and so did not make it. Wow. Hey, and he was born again. Wow. That guy used to fast. You know? So, I mean, you can imagine. And he's saying, God judges sin. He has judged sin before. He will judge it again. In other words, from that vision of the rapture of the dead, the Lord is saying, run and tell them, don't play with sin. Don't play with sin. No brigando con pecado. No jugando con pecado. Don't play with sin. Sin will push you into eternal lake of fire. Eternal. Meaning, even your mother cannot pull you. Mama! Mama! Your mama cannot pull you from the lake of fire. And if they say, Ima, Ima Shali. Will not pull you from there. You'll remember that you used to be a high rank. You used to be a high person with a high office. All of the above, none of the above will matter there. The demons will be there. Pentecostal pastors will be there. Evangelical pastors will be there. Baptist pastors are there. The born again Christians are there. The unborn again are there. Satan himself is there. The false prophet that will come will be very wealthy, will be inside there. Everybody, wicked demons will be there. You really don't want that company. You want to be in the ceremonies where, which one are we wearing? We were told we are going for this ceremony awards, so it is this other crown that you wear now. You, you go, and in the evening, and then worshiping the Lord, looking at the Lord himself there as you worship him, and the Lord will sit you down and teach you some things you did not understand when you were in this life. With eternal body, 
that cannot perceive pain. Can you imagine to live without pain? That is serious. The whole world is busy in pain management, right? So God judges sin. He has judged sin before. He has judged it on the cross. He will judge it again. And he's asking you to choose that judgment, substitute judgment that Jesus took on your behalf on the cross. That substitute judgment that you see in Genesis chapter 22 when he took Isaac and laid him on the altar and took a knife like this and then all of a sudden a ram appeared caught by his thorns on the thicket and now that ram the Christ was slaughtered. Instead, on behalf of that Isaac lying there was you. In Uganda they say mumute, mumute. Don't say mumute. If you say mumute they will kill him. Say mumute release him. So they released Isaac. He said, Abraham, Abraham, no, no, no. Mumute, don't cut him. Release the boy. That was you being released. So that if you now accept the judgment that he took on your behalf on the cross, how? How powerful now you are set free. And make sure you honor that salvation by walking righteous. Remember that this generation has perverted salvation. They are told that when you have the grace, now there are no responsibilities on the grace. And they have taken the grace and they have removed holiness from the grace. And yet the grace of Jesus, number one, was meant to bring us back to the holiness of God. Number two, if you remove the holiness of God from the grace of Jesus, you have an ultra religion, another religion. Worse than Hindu and Muslimum. Worse than. That's why you see the Hindu women and Muslims dress holy and long. But the Christians are nude. They sit. You saw like in Brazil. They sit in front there. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable really. And then they lift their legs. My Lord, it's just unbelievable. And the pastor is preaching there. Did not tell them? You cannot do that. You can't bring that filth here. You so it's unbelievable. No, just unbelievable. And yet the Hindus and Muslims cannot, cannot do that. So if you remove holiness from the religion of the cross, if you remove holiness from the grace of God, you have another religion worse than Islam and Hindu. Worse than. That's why you have the Muslims dress holy with their children, cover their hair. And then uh, the, the Hindus also holy. But the Christians are nude and naked. It's unbelievable. It's, unbe it's unsightly. It's shameful, actually offensive unto the Lord and everybody else. In fact, it's the women they say to begin with is offensive to the women themselves. Another religion. I. He says... The book of Nahum, chapter 3, verse 1. Again, God judged sin. Is that in Nineveh? Finally judged them. Then 2 Kings, chapter 5, 20, 27. He judged by leprosy, my Lord. 2 Kings 5, 20, 27. Can you read that? Secunde Reyes. Capítulo 5, versículo 20 al 27, por favor. The Bible says, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 20, the Bible says, 
Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, My master was too easy on Naaman. These Stealing are... money behind my back. How many wells have I healed here? How many are they now in Kenya? She was testifying on radio two days ago that she's still drinking excuse for the clean water from toxic. How many wells, Kenyans? How many wells? Can one Kenyan who loves Jesus stand up and just speak? More than seven wells. Mombasa, there are two wells. There is Kamulu here. There is what, what everywhere. Naivasha and so. Dagoreti. You see that and you fear. You can steal money behind my back. God is blind. You cannot do that. So, leprosy, right? Struck him with leprosy, right? Can you read on? Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, My master was too easy on Naaman, these are a man, by not accepting from him what he brought. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. So Gehazi hurried after Naaman. When Naaman saw him running towards him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. Is everything all right? He asked. Everything is all right. Gehazi answered, My master sent me to say, Two young men from the company of the prophets have just come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give me a talent of silver and two sets of clothing. By all means, take two talents, said Naaman. He asked Gehazi to accept them and then tied up the two talents of silver in two bags with two sets of clothing. He gave them to, to two of his servants and they carried them ahead of Gehazi. When Gehazi came to the hill, he took the things from the servants and put them away in the house. He sent the men away and they left. When he went in and stood before his master, Elisha asked him, Where have you been, Gehazi? Your servant di didn't go anywhere. Gehazi answered, but Elisha said to him, Was not my spirit with you when the man got down his chariot to meet you? And in this age, I always tell them, the second prophet was standing there. The one in the glorious body was standing there. The one in the glorious body was standing there. And he had everything. Even in the Oval Office in the US, I arrive and stand and listen and come back while I'm sitting here. You cannot do that. You cannot and survive God's wrath. So read on until leprosy struck him. But Elisha said to him, was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to take money or to accept clothes or olive grooves and vineyards or flocks and herds or male and female slaves? Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. Then Gehazi Did you hear the word forever? If I were you, I underline it. You cannot touch these prophets. It is forever. You cannot try. You will not survive the wrath of God. 
he went from Elisha's presence and his skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Numbers 21, 4 and 9. God judges sin. God Almighty, Jehovah, he judges sin. When he showed me the vision of the rapture of the dead, those Christians that died before the day of rapture, and on the day of rapture, how they resurrected, were transformed and glorified, and went into glory. Then, in the scripture, he says, a second group resurrects for judgment. He is otherwise saying that God judges sin. He has judged sin before. And he will judge sin. The Bible is quite rich in the testimony that God judges sin. Read it. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up? Out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. There is no bread. There is no water. And we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. He sent venomous serpents among them to do what? They, they bite, they beat the people. And many Israelites died. How many total? The people came to Moses and said, we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against 23,000 plus. God judges sin. Genesis 19.24 The message of the rapture of the dead is that God, he judges sin. He has judged sin before. He will do it again. He will do it now in the coronavirus, the earthquakes, he would do it in the tribulation. He would do it when he sits on the white throne. He would do it in the lake of fire. God, he judges sin. Genesis 19:24. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. God judges sin. That is what the present day church does not want to hear. They think the grace of God means, oh, wow, now we should relax and eat something small and drink. And tomorrow will be better, according to them. Not at all. God has judged sin before. He is still holy. He will judge sin. This is serious. Job 21, 30, 32 says, The message. Tremendous message. I like when I said we should drink something small. My Chinese daughter just got something small and drank. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Read it please. Job 21, 30, 32. That the wicked are spared from the day of calamity. That they are delivered from the day of the wrath. Who denounces their conduct to their face? Who pays them for what they have done? They are carried to the grave. And watch is kept over their tombs. Forever there. 
Isaiah 26.14 Hallelujah. Now I think you are beginning to understand the Lord. That it is not a joke. This is a critical hour when the eternity of nations is being determined. And is being determined here and now. The nations that are blessed are those whose leaders, church leaders are sitting here, like the president of this Pentecostal International University, like the heads of churches here. Those are the blessed nations because they will go there and they will tell them the truth and they will hear the truth and they will change their ways and they will enter heaven and they will live in heaven forever in peace, in peace up there with God. Hi. The book of Isaiah 26, 14. They are now dead. They live no more. Their spirits do not rise. You punished them and brought them to ruin. You wiped out all memory of them. They are forgotten totally. That is the message the Lord was passing. He was saying, hell is not a joke. Hell is a real place. Be careful with sin in the church. When you see pastors playing around with girls in the church, or you see pastors playing around with money and false prophecy and all these games of modernism, liberal theology, gayism, homosexuality in the church, he's saying that hell is not a joke. A place where you are forgotten forever. Forever. Forgotten totally and forever. Unbelievable. Isaiah 45, 16. Today is today. Let me open this up today. The Bible says, All the makers of idols will be put to shame and disgrace. It's a place of shame and disgrace. In other words, the Lord is saying, run and tell them, hell is a real place and it's a place of shame and total disgrace. Hi, that is unbelievable, blessed people. And we have seen shame and contempt in Daniel 12 verse 2, right? And he's saying, it's a place where there is rotting. Rotting also. And stench. Bad smell, rotting smell like corpses with a lot of pass also. And darkness and fire and flame. Isaiah 33, 14. That God tell them that hell is a real place. And it's a place of torment. The sinners in Zion are terrified. Trembling grips the godless. Who of us can dwell with the consuming fire? Who of us can dwell with the everlasting burning? It's a place of torment. Matthew 13, 42. God tell them that hell is a real place. And whatsoever enters there never ever comes out. So tell them those who are wise, let them just live their lives carefully. And just be holy and walk in the fear of God. Until they enter eternity and celebrate eternally. Matthew thirteen forty two. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There will be wailing and the gnashing of teeth. God tells them that God judges sin, and He judges that sin in hell, in a place called hell, a real place that is called the lake of burning sulfur. 
And in there, there is torment, wailing, weeping, and gnashing of teeth eternally. Oh, those teeth, I'd rather be strong teeth, right? They'd rather be strong teeth. Matthew 13, 15. And throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And total darkness. Matthew 12, 14. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so that... You can imagine in the belly of the fish, the darkness there, the stench, which other animals are rotting in there. And you are swimming in their paths. And I think when he arrived there, then he put his knees down. He began to pray. So when you go into the lake of fire and kneel down, start to pray, nobody listens. The time for you to have prayed is now. It will not be possible. Can you read on? Matthew chapter 12 verse 14. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. In the belly of hell, the heart of the earth. Psalm 90 verse 2. Oh yes. I think we are beginning to talk now. The Bible says, Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So in other words, if he's judging you, and he's saying that he's judging you forever, for as long as the Lord lives, your smoke, the smoke of your torment will rise for as long as the Lord lives, meaning everlasting, forever. It's not a short time. So when you see them in the present day church wearing short dresses, short miniskirts, tight trousers, even those in this ministry, instead of dressing holy, now tightening so people can see their anatomy, oh, it, uh, you, you cry for them, you cry. I always weep for them. I say, uh oh, the devil is lying to you. It is eternal that lake of fire. It is eternal. Eternal. Read the book of Mark chapter 9 verse 40. Start from 43 so they understand the cost, the things you need to do. How terrible it is there that you may have to do certain things to avoid going there. Mark chapter 9, 43, 49. The Bible says verse 43, if your hand causes you to stumble, if your hand, because it's eternal, and eternal wailing, eternal gnashing of teeth, eternal torment, eternal burning, eternal pain, eternal suffering, eternal wailing, no breathing eternally, crying out, eternal everything. The fire is too much. Your lungs are taking flames. Everything is unbelievable. Worms in their trillions are digging and burrowing into your brain and blood vessels, and the pain is unbearable. When you will think of that eternally, then you can do what, he, what she is reading now. Again, begin 43. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell. He's saying it's better for you to enter hell as a cripple. Crawling, pulling yourself into hell. And when you get there, you'll be glorified. You'll be on your feet again. And you just walk in. Done to have both limbs and both hands. 
and enter that eternal lake of fire is unbelievable. Ay, this generation. What a wicked, fleshy generation you have. Immoral. A homosexual generation. I have never seen a homosexual generation where the whole earth in one month are celebrating Orguyo Gay. Orguyo Gay. Gay pride. It's called Orguyo.